Hey guys, welcome to our program, Small Town Worlds, where we talk about world issues from a small town perspective through a biblical lens. Our aim is to spotlight Jesus Christ and spread the gospel while discussing relevant topics we all face day to day. Hi everybody, welcome back. Today we are discussing, um, I titled it Worthy of the Name. Oh, I love that. Okay, good. Because yeah. <laughs> this is essentially a lesson that Kayla did. She did a, a ladies, um, a multi-denominational uh, ladies, what would you call it? Just a ladies night, basically. Just, yeah, just a night of word and worship. I mean, was essentially what it was. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I asked her if we could go, if we could do... Uh, discuss that and go over basically what her uh, message was that night and what she spoke about. And so we're going to kind of go over that. I, I wrote some discussion questions and um, and the I am statements. And you kind of based the whole, the whole evening around that, right? I did. I, as I had begun to pray about just following what I felt like God was leading me to do, um, I wanted to make sure that the evening was spent really focusing in on who Jesus is and um, and not really who who we think Jesus is, but who he says he is. And that was really kind of what led me um, to go the direction that I went to begin with. And then so many of the other things that I talked about were really birthed out of things that you and I have been discussing and things that I had read. And um, yeah, so yeah. Well, the reason I wanted to go over, just kind of encapsulate everything that, that we discussed that night, is because it was such an amazing night of, like you said, word and worship. I think the Lord spoke to probably, well, I, I know that he spoke to everyone there. I know that everyone had a had a word that night yeah. for them, you yeah. know, specific to them. And then um, uh, we had a wonderful uh, time in worship. Um, can I say her name? I mean, can you want to? <laughs> Betsy Nix led our worship, and it was really, truly anointed. It really was an anointed time in worship. And um, uh, I know that she's, I don't know how she's going to feel about me saying her <laughs> name on the air, but voila, there it is. Well, it was really anointing, and I told her to stop having doubts. Yeah. Stop having doubts. Yeah, uh, That Lord, would be the only reason she wouldn't want you to say yes. it, is because she feels so insecure about that. But, yes, yeah, and, think, and she doesn't need to. She doesn't yeah, need to. I think sure. the Lord's given her a gift and um, a calling, and uh, just she needs, needs to walk in it and yeah. own it. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been telling her that for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, let's start off with a couple of things. Um, uh, you started that. I think one of the first points that you made was the origin and meaning of the of uh, the term Christian. You gave us the root of that and the suffix. Yeah. Do you have your notes on that? So, yeah. Let me just find them. So, backing up just a little bit. I don't know if this was one of your questions or not, but what kind of led me to that realization or, or even to research that yeah. was um, I had been rereading Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis and yes. in the preface of that book, which is basically a compilation of some radio shows that he had done through the 40s. And so when the book was published in, in 1952, he wrote a, a pretty extensive preface, much longer than typically. It's like 16 or 17 pages long. Maybe not that long, but anyway, it was, it was quite long for a, for a preface. And basically in it, he's explaining what what 
the the purpose of those broadcasts had been and all of that stuff. And so he said something particular in that preface that just really struck me. And what he was saying was, when you misuse a word, it becomes meaningless. Mm, wow. And he specifically, he used the example of the word gentleman. And when, when the word gentleman was first, when it first originated, it meant a very specific thing and it had to do with royalty. Well, before long, people said, well, really... Gentleman really just means a, a good, we can call a gentleman someone that's just a good man or, you know, has good manners. And he said before long, the word didn't mean what it had once meant. You couldn't use it anymore. It just meant good man. And um, so he uses that same kind of philosophy to talk about the word Christian. And so I'm just going to read what he said about it. He said, um, now, if once we allow people to start spiritualizing and refining, or as they might say, deepening the sense of the word Christian, it too will speedily become a useless word. And I remember thinking when I read that, like, that that's horrific to me. Mm-hmm. To think that the word Christian would be meaningless. He goes on, um, it's somewhat sarcastic in, in, in part of the rest of what he says, but um, basically he says, in calling anyone a Christian, they will mean that they think him a good man. But that way of using the word will be no enrichment of the language, for we already have the word good. Meanwhile, the word Christian will have been spoiled for any really purpose, for any real, really useful purpose that it might have once served. Mm. So that, that quote really kind of got my attention back when I, when I read it sometime back. And so it, that's what led me to go back and do a little bit of research. So we know that Christ is the Christ. That's the Savior. That's Jesus. And so, but when I started looking up the the suffix, the I-A-N, um, it means belonging to or relating to, typical of or resembling a person, typical of adhering to or following whatever the noun is. And so when you add that I-A-N to the end of a noun, it changes that word to an adjective. And so when I began to think about what that meant when you, when you think about Christian, so what we're saying is if we take the noun Christ and put I-A-N to the end of it, what we're saying is, okay, then that, that adjective is now used to describe someone who belongs to Christ, someone who follows or resembles the person of Christ, mm-hmm. someone who adheres to or follows Christ. And that is a very specific meaning and one of the things that I had written in my notes uh, from that night were to apply the suffix I-A-N to the noun Christ, creating the adjective Christian is to establish a word with a very distinct meaning. And that, to me, went back to some things that you and I had talked about for quite some time. Right. That our name had, that the name Christian had been hijacked. Cause it, yeah. It, it doesn't mean, we have to be very specific when we ask someone now, what do you mean by that? Um, I went on to write, Christian is no broad, vague, no broad or vague adjective. To know the noun Christ is to know the meaning of Christian. There is no evolving nature of the definition of the word since Jesus the Christ is unchanging. The noun to which the suffix, suffix is applied is stable and definite and to me, that was one of the most significant things that I gathered yeah. from my research in that word was because so much of what people are saying now is that, you know, even to be progressive is you are progressing in your knowledge yeah. 
of what it means to be Christian. You are progressing in your knowledge of what it means to be a good person. Yeah. And and though what we should be we should be progressing in the sense in that Christ. we are we are knowing him deeper, but the definition of that isn't changing. And I think yeah. that that is the distinction that we need to be making as actual Christians. Yeah. Our, uh, the like you said, the involvement of Christ never evolves. Right. The Bible never evolves and changes. Those are, those are the stable things, and we evolve and change and adapt to Christ and the Bible, yeah. not the other way around. And in our knowledge of Him. Right. And I think that that's one of the confusing parts is because people use terms like that, but they don't mean that. What they mean is that they've got this new knowledge, this new revelation, mm-hmm. this new understanding of what it means to be a Christian or who Christ is. And um, that's a that's a confusing thing when we're saying, yes, I do need a deeper knowledge of Christ, but the knowledge isn't new. I mean, the, the person of Christ isn't new. My understanding may be growing. Yeah. But the knowledge isn't evolving. The person of Christ isn't evolving. And I think, you know, that's just reiterating what you just said as well. Yeah. Um, the, other, the other point that I wanted to make is that they, I wrote, they've stolen the name Christian and they're using it falsely. Yes. Yeah. They're using it falsely. They're using that, it falsely. I don't even know where, where I... Oh, I, that's I said that in some place something about using it or misusing it actually is what yeah. they, they're not they're not just using the name Christian they are misusing right the name Christian yeah um, I, I, this may be just a little bit off track but it goes back to um, the use of the term and um, I finished up the the Mars Hill podcast and yeah just just so sh- struck by the number of people that when who have been who were affected by the misuse of Christ, mm-hmm. and it said so many of them had now joined different congregations that were more progressive. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just felt this sadness, Sickening. <laughs> yeah, this overwhelming Sick. sadness at how the misuse of that name, mm-hmm. the misuse of that adjective leads people down a most destructive path. And I just don't want to be that person. Right. You know, yeah. uh, one of the one of the men in the podcast said, if you listen to this and you think this couldn't be you, it is probably already you. If you listen to this, like I could, I would never be fooled by someone. I would never treat someone that way. I would never um, misuse, cry, any of those things. If we think that we couldn't be the one. Yeah then chances are we probably have already done that or we are in the process of doing that. And But that could really be said for any sin. Yeah. Honestly. You're right. Yeah. It really could. Um and and it it always uh brings me back to pride go with before fall. Mm. If you think you're above a sin, you know, be careful. Beware. <laughs> be careful. Yeah. 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 It's probably the pitfall you're about to fall into. Yeah. Or I'm about to fall into. Yeah. Got my little hand raised over here on the side. <laughs> me, me. Um, oh, wait. Okay. Um, so I titled this Worthy of the Name. And um, one of the great points that you made during the night, and you dwelt on it a good bit, was we should be worthy of the name that we call ourselves. We should be worthy of the name Christian. Yeah. Uh, 
did you have some notes regarding that or did you freeform that? Yeah, that was, that was completely freeform. I, I have no notes on that other than what's in my heart. And, um, okay. What's Let's, in my heart is the humbling reality that we do carry that name. Yeah. And what a privilege, but what a responsibility. Right. And I think that's what the older I get and the more I learn about how people are affected by Christians and church people. Like, I just sense this heaviness. And I don't even know if heaviness is the right word, but definitely responsibility. responsibility. Just the sheer... Um, effect that our actions have on others and I think for me what it leads me to do is to pray more effectively in that regard but the other thing that it it is in the process of leading me to do is to really know Christ Mm -hmm. because I can't represent him well if I don't know him well and if I'm, if I'm bearing that name, what I'm saying is, is I know him. I am adhering to, to him. I resemble him. And how, how much can I resemble someone I don't know? Wow. And yeah. so that, that's what it's driving me to. The, the, more, the more I recognize that, the, the more humbled I am by it. But then also the more I see, um, yeah, if I'm going to call myself Christian, I, I better be looking like one I better be acting like one and I can't look and act like what I don't know like I can't act like a brain surgeon because I don't know what a brain surgeon talks like I don't know what they do I don't I can't talk about their responsibilities I can't talk about what they the tools they use I I can't talk about any of those things because I don't know anything about being a brain surgeon and so if if I'm going to represent Christ I've got to know him yeah um that's really good very yeah, very inspiring and moving. Um, one of the other p- powerful and profound things that you said was at the end of the evening, you, and we're going to go over the I am statements in just a little bit, but um, you said we have to stay connected to the vine. Um, and then I, I put my little side note of be careful not to be a dead branch, but um, just staying connected because that was the, that's the last I am statement is he, when he says I'm the, I'm the true vine. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot more to that, but that's just my little brief note. But staying connected and staying plugged in. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes I know I have replaced being plugged into the to the vine. I have been I have replaced abiding in the vine with abiding in church. Mm-hmm. And I, I know I've been guilty of that. Where yeah. I felt like I'm my eyes started twitching. <laughs> yeah. Well, guilt. <laughs> I was say, why is your eye twitching? Okay, guilt. Like I, I have, I have taken that to to mean for me as long as I'm as long as I'm plugged in at church, yeah. as long as I'm faithful in church, then I am I'm connected to the vine. And I've been there. Yeah. It's almost like I was almost dead before I realized. I think about that little branch that's like hanging on by those few little yeah. strands that you yeah. know that when I realized, hey, I, I've been plugged into the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think staying. We use that term, and and so often it, it has come to mean staying plugged in in your church, staying plugged in in a body of believers, which, which I think that's important to be plugged in in church and plugged in in a body of believers, but that's not what Scripture is explicitly talking about. It's yeah. talking about um, Jesus himself. Yeah, yeah, because church, uh, for me, I t- I've told y'all before, used to be almost like a social club, a fix-me club. I'm going like... Like, okay, I'm here. Fix me. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. And it was, I hate to say it was a social club. It was, you know, getting together with friends and, you know, all the things that you do. Just being involved and not wanting to miss a part of what's going on. Right. You know, I think, and those are good things in a way. I mean, you know, they are good things, but we use so much of them to replace. Yeah. The, the genuine walk that, right. that they can get, you know, um, definitely our priorities can be yeah. misplaced easily, you know, when we, when we forget that. Yeah. And um, one thing that you said that night and that has stuck with me is staying plugged into him. Yeah. Staying plugged into Jesus um, specifically. And, and that brought us to the I am statements. Um do you want to go over those or do you want me to go over those? Yeah. I mean, however you want to, it doesn't matter, whichever seems effective for you. Well, there are seven I am statements in the book and Jesus, uh, they're in the book of John and Jesus said them himself. They're, the, they're his words. Um, we want to start those. The very first one is, um, I'm the bread of life. Did you have some notes regarding regarding that. Let me see what I have. I'm trying to decide if that's notes or if that's the scripture. Oh, I think that's just notes. I just, read, do you have the scripture right there? I do. Yeah, read the scripture. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. That's John 6, 35. And um, then he elaborated some more in 6, 41 through 51. That's when he speaks to the crowd. He feeds the 5,000. Um, and he tells them again, I'm the bread of life. And I had just written underneath that scripture that just like we today, we're, they were looking for their physical needs to be met. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just like we often do when we come to him, just like Moses had met for the people that he was leading. That's what they were looking for. And, um, you know, basically throughout his ministry, and especially as John recorded it, um, Jesus wanted them to, to fully understand who he was and that he was coming and had come to be so much more than that to be their the full satisfaction of their spiritual needs. And I think that was one of what he was trying to get them to see. Right. Um, in that scripture. Yes. His second um, I am statement was, I am the light of the world. And I'll read that. And again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That was John eighteen twelve. Um, it says John nine five, but I don't have that verse. Oh. So that was the, that was that particular scripture is the one where the the disciples had seen the blind man, yes. and they had asked, was was he the sinner or or his parents, parents the sinner? Yes, and Jesus yes. said neither. That he he was born this way so that God could could show His glory. glory yeah, and um and he you know he also said in that in that section. So in the, the, the couple of different places that Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. One was when he was exposing, um, pardon, whenever the, they had brought the adulterous woman to him and said, look, here's this woman was caught in adultery. Like basically, what are you going to do with her? Um, and Jesus said, you know, again, in that statement that, I mean, in that passage that I'm the light of the world. And so I had written in my notes that um, he was the one that exposed the heart of the matter because that's when he told them, um, you know, whoever among you is without sin, cast the first stone. And they began to realize, hey, he, you know, it was almost as if they realized he sees that I'm that I'm a sinner, you know, and in exposing that, that they kind of all scattered. And then, the, of course, the passage that we just said about the blind man. And then the other one um, in 
in chapter 12 when he's talking about he was had predicted his death. And um, again, throughout the course of the I am statements, he's, he's just trying to show them who he really is. He's trying mm-hmm. to um, explain his real identity to them just as he is to us today because we, we do the same thing. We go to him that our, so our physical needs we, will be met. Mm-hmm. We, um, we go to him or even I'm thinking about times in, in my life where I labored under the false assumption that he couldn't see everything that I was doing, you know. And as long as I did, as long as everything looked right on the outside, that that was what was really important. And, yeah. um, you know, he, he clarified that for them in numerous different ways that um, I, I see the heart and I see the motives and it's my light that reveals those things. And Yeah, yeah. And he tells me that too, <laughs> often. Okay, his the the third statement was, "I am the door." Um, Jesus said, "said Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture." That's John ten seven and nine. Um. It also has, okay, that's a different, ne- never mind. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't, I didn't write this down and it wasn't even something I talked about that night, but uh, I had read just in doing a little bit of research about that scripture about that the shepherd would lay, a, like lay, that's where he would sleep in the doorway. Yeah. So that the, you know, if anything was trying to get in and um, I don't remember if it was in John or in one of the other places that he was talking about that and he was saying that the, the, some of them are going to try to come over the wall, mm-hmm. you know, and um, just the imagery of that as being the one that takes care of us and that self-sacrificing nature of the shepherd and um, for us, for him to declare himself that for us, I don't know, it's just so humbling to me. And I just see when I'm, when I'm talking about knowing Jesus rightly, that's one of the that's one of the beautiful pictures of who he really is to us. And like, as, as we're leading people to Christ, to be able to express that na- that nature of Christ to them. Um, the one that wants to protect the one that wants to lead you so that you know the right way to go. And, um, you know, I think it's so easy sometimes for us to, to, to maybe point out the Jesus that exposed that that exposes the heart mm-hmm. and, and and neglect the Jesus that is the self-sacrificing um, the one that wants to protect you the one that wants to lead you in the right way that you're supposed to go that light that the, yeah it's going to show what's wrong in you but it's also going to be the one that it's also the light that's going to lead you yeah it's also the light that's going to reveal the truth to you and um and there's protection in that too, because when the light's on, the darkness has to flee. Yeah. So there's protection. And in you're that. not going to stumble when, right. when the lights lighting your your path. And um, I don't know. Just even in these few I am statements that are just so really, I mean, they're profound and they they make a mm-hmm. some really amazing declarations of who he is. But even in them, he's so much more mm-hmm. than that, you know. And I think I just want to be so mindful of how I express him to others so that that I'm not just showing this one dimensional or even a two dimensional nature of Christ. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. 
yes. just how important it is that we just really show as much of him as we can. And, and yeah. that just takes that lifelong study. I'm going to move us on because we have a few more to cover. Um, I'm the good shepherd. I love this one. This is my favorite probably. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for my sheep. Hmm. And I just had provision, protection, and life. Those were in my notes. So that was John 10, 11 through 15. I think Um, those were a little, I think they were out of order even when we did them that night. I think so. Um, But yes. um, Because the resurrection and the life is also in that. It is. It's 11.25 actually. I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. That's John eleven twenty five. Oh, okay. It's the good shepherd and the resurrection that's in the same. I mean, the good shepherd and the door. Yeah. Yes. They're they in the are same in little, the same section, little yeah. section. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm the resurrection and the life. Yeah. Do you want to expound on that just a little bit? Just the... Really, the profoundness of what what he was, who he was talking to, and what was happening in that moment, mm-hmm. because that scripture is found in the the retelling of the raising of Lazarus, Lazarus right? And when Mary, um, pardon me, Martha came and was just, you know, just struck by grief, and Jesus is trying to explain to her that who he is. I am the resurrection and the life, and you know, she's like, I, I know he's gonna rise again one day, you know, and he's like, you, you just don't get it. Like I, I am the one I am, I am him. And, um, you know, just the, what that is for us as well, you know? Yeah. He's that for us in this moment, not, not just in the moment of death. He is that for us right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. he is the life right now. We don't have to just kind of wander through and wait for him to come back and get us to have real life, you know? Right. It kind of shores up our faith. Yeah. Yeah. It's a foundation. Is that a good word for that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, his last, no, that's not the last statement. Sorry. Next but to his the last, last two, yeah. yeah. The next to the last. Um, okay, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Um, Jesus said to him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And that's going to be John 14, 6. Um, that's reiterated in the Bible in several different places, but this is Jesus saying saying mm-hmm. that. Um, what was most striking about those, the last two, um, and I pointed this out that night, was when he said those two statements. That was the most profound part of those to me because he said both of those, the last two, um, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and then I'm the true vine. Between the time that he was washing the disciples' feet and the time that he was betrayed by Judas. And so in those, yeah. in that time that he had with his disciples, in those last few moments he made those two statements about who he is and his audience would have been very small at that at that moment but um knowing that that his words were going to be recorded and um I don't know I just think about the beauty of the intimacy of that moment when he was sharing with them yeah I'm the way I'm the truth I'm the life and then to say to them I'm the true vine it's almost like he was 
preparing them for what he knew they were about to face because he knew he was about to be gone from them. And like yeah. you, you, you need to understand before I leave you yeah. that you have to abide in me when we're talking about abiding yes. in the vine. I'm going to be gone, but you got to stay with me. Yeah. Like, don't, don't be scattered. I'm the, sh- follow me. I'm the shepherd. I'm the light. I'm going to be shining your way. Um, I'm, I'm the true vine. Stay connected to me. These are all the things that you need to know about me Yeah. C- because I'm about to be gone from you. And to yeah. know that those, those last two were the things that he felt compelled to tell them Yeah. were just so striking to me. And, yeah. um, I don't know. I just, I think about what that had to have meant to them, especially, when they scattered after the, the, the crucifixion and like, um, what would have brought them back to that place of remembrance? You know, I I think for them, for those, for some of them, it was when he showed up in the upper room and when he, um, was walking on the walk to Emmaus and when he was standing on the shore after his uh, resurrection and he told them to cast the net out again, like, um, those words had to come back to them. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. In those moments. And I don't know. I, I think about the times in my own life when those words have come back to me. Yeah. And in those moments of, of confusion or chaos or loss, when, you know, I had a dear friend tell me after dad's accident, you cling to what you know is true. Yeah. And Absolutely. I think that these had to be words that they had to, they had to cling to these words yeah. in those moments that, um, they were so lost and so confused and yeah. so grief stricken that, you know, they would have come back to these statements where Jesus was telling them who he was. Yeah. And I think that's why the Good Shepherd verses um, speak to me because, uh, because it says that about the sheep know my name and they come back. And that's like they respond to me, I respond to them, like they know who I am. Yeah. And so that has always spoke to me because. I speak that scripture to myself. Yes. So, um, you know, just speak it over myself. Yeah. So uh, when I have doubts or when I... Right. Reminding yourself of truth. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, are we at the end of our time, sister? We are. Oh, see, there it goes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much. I hope that this, uh, it spoke... Like I said, we all walked away that night feeling like um, the Lord had 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 a word for us. And so um, I hope that it was the same for y'all today. And uh, we'll see y'all again next time.